I'm health coach Heather, and you are listening to episode 160, Healthful Fashion. Welcome to the Healthy Families Rule podcast. This podcast is a resource for families who are on a path to optimal wellness, but still aren't able to reach their physical and mental goals. I'm Heather Mitchell, and with over 10 years experience in nutrition and exercise and a certified master health coach, I'm uniquely qualified to help you and your family achieve optimal health. So for the next few minutes, set aside your concerns and learn how you can self-repair your body and mind and experience greater joy in your life. Good morning, all my beautiful friends. How are you doing on this amazing, gorgeous day? If you're in Arizona, it's beautiful here. Perfect time to be in Arizona, if you ask me. It doesn't get better than the weather we're having right now, and we know that it's going to get a lot hotter as March hits in April and of course May, then we're going to be really hot. So enjoy it now. If you're here with me in Arizona, enjoy it while you can, because it's not going to last that long, that much longer. We've been very lucky to have the weather we've had. And I do realize that some of you are in other states where there's ice storms and it's freezing cold and you're just trying to stay warm. So I feel for you. Bundle up tight, get those fires going, sip on some nice hot herbal teas and just hunker down. That's what you have to do when you're in a cold place. You have to hunker down, stay indoors or go outside for a brisk nature walk and then get back inside. Do some hot cold therapy. You're lucky you have the cold because you go roll around in the snow and then go get in a hot shower and keep doing that. Go back in the snow, go get in the shower. Now you've boosted your immune system up. Okay, hot cold therapy. There's a benefit to living in the cold weather. Now, how has your week been going? I've had such an amazing, busy week. I think as people find out more about um, the emotion clearing I'm doing for people, the the muscle testing, the energy, the the releasing trapped emotions and emotional baggage from the body, people are interested. And the price is right. So they're excited. So that's been keeping me busy this week. And also... I'm planning some really great things. So on the, let's get, let's pull up the calendar. I'll tell you what I've got coming up. February is a busy, busy month for me. Okay. February 20th is the first day of our winter detox. We're going to do the winter detox because we're going to be heading into spring and then we'll be doing spring detox. So let's finish off February with the winter detox, the 20th through the 24th. It's a whole foods reset. Actually, I call it a reset and It's safe and effective for the whole family. So you just go on my website, healthcoachheather.com, go to Whole Foods Reset. You'll see that in the menu bar. Click that, click on the winter detox, grab it now. You'll be invited into our private Facebook group for those dates and I'll be coaching you there and you'll be doing all the grocery shopping, supplement shopping, getting everything ready to go so you can be ready to go on this date with us, okay? It's gonna be awesome. Let's do it. And then, of course, that same week, the 21st, for six weeks, the 21st, 22nd, and 23rd of February, for six weeks, you can pick one of those days for your child. It goes till, I think, March 28th. 
29th and 30th. And um, what you can do here is I will be teaching some in-home, in my home, some classes and also some online classes to kids ages 8 to 18 who want to learn how to have a growth mindset and really learn how to make the best decisions for their life and overcome any challenges. Okay, so those are those dates and space is filling up quickly. If this is the first time you're hearing that, go to, go to let's see, I've got to put that on my website. I'll put it on my website today. I'll also drop the link in the show notes so you can check that out. For if you have a child between the ages of eight and 18, whom you want them to learn how to have a growth mindset, how to overcome the challenges in their life and gain more confidence, you're going to want to sign them up for that six week program. Okay. That's going to be awesome. On with the show today. Good stuff coming up this month. But now let's talk about something I really haven't talked about. And this is going to be great if there's any kids listening or, you know, teens, because it's all about fashion. And our fashion sure has changed a lot, hasn't it? Even just in the past few years, the styles change, the fashions change, and What's maybe the best way to dress? And this is all just opinion, right? You can decide what's best for, for your kids and what's best for you. I'm just going to refer to a book that was written on this topic. There was a little section on this topic, but Ellen G. White wrote this book. Of course, she's a Seventh-day Adventist, and this was in 1904. Okay, so this, whew, this was a very long time ago. How is this going to apply to us? Well, we're, I'm going to read you some of these paragraphs and we'll break it down together and maybe talk a little bit about how it can apply to us in our day. I love how wise she is. And she really does come from a spiritual side. Like what would the best thing be to create the most happiness and joy and, and keep our connection with God strong too in our dress, in the way we act, in the way we speak, our demeanor, in the way we eat? How do we be in harmony kind of with the laws of, of God and living a wholesome life, if you will. Now, if that topic already like that, you don't like that topic, hold on. Let's just read it together. Let's see what we can learn. Okay. There's a totally going to be stuff that does not apply to us here, but we are going to find the stuff that does. So are you ready? Let's talk about the rule of fashion written in 1904 by Ellen G. White. All right, there's so much to say here. She says, what a contrast is this to the weariness, the unrest, the disease and wretchedness that result from the rule of fashion. How contrary to the principles given in the scriptures are many of the modes of dress that fashion prescribes. Think of the styles that have prevailed for the last few hundred of years or even for the last few decades. How many of them, when not in fashion, would be declared immodest? How many would be pronounced inappropriate for a refined, God-fearing, self-respecting woman? The making of changes in apparel for the sake of fashion merely is not sanctioned by the word of God. Changing styles and elaborate, costly ornamentation squander the time and means of the rich and lay waste the energies of mind and soul. They impose a heavy burden on the middle and poorer classes. 
Now I can, I can relate to this simply because when I was in middle school and high school, middle school, mostly the popular people were all wearing the name brand clothes. And that was a burden on my family, particularly when I would come home and complain and whine that I wanted to have the the name brand clothes and my family just couldn't afford them. So does style cause problems within the family? Fashion? Absolutely. Because a parent does want to give their child the best life that, that, that they want, you know? And it does break our hearts when we see that the other kids are all getting something that our kids can't get or have for some reason. Like that's something in our brain we need to work through, obviously. I think it just comes from being a parent who doesn't want to see your child suffer, which is also something we need to work on as parents. It's okay that the kids don't get what they want and that they suffer, right? But you can see how mo- how how fashion has burdened the middle and poorer classes. Many who can hardly earn a livelihood and who with simple modes might make their own clothing are compelled to resort to the dressmaker in order to be in fashion. So back then, you know, people would make their own clothes and spend a lot of time making their own clothes. And the kids would want these certain fashions and dresses and the materials would be so expensive and costly that it was a burden. And then it came to, well, the dressmaker can can do it so much nicer than I can. So let's hire her to do it. And so that's what they would do back then. Okay. Many a poor girl for the sake of a stylish gown has deprived herself of warm underwear and paid the the penalty with her life. (laughs) Okay. So back then, you know, People, people would, because in the name of fashion, their life would be taken because they wanted to look a certain way and dress a certain way, and it wasn't good for their health or their body or covering their organs and really keeping their organs um, warm and taken care of. Many other coveting the display and elegance of the rich has been enticed into paths of dishonesty and shame. How many people have gone into a store and shoplifted? just to have a certain style. They knew their parents weren't going to buy it for them or they didn't have the money. And so they, they shoplifted. Okay. Many a home is deprived of comforts. Many a man is driven to embezzlement or bankruptcy to satisfy the extravagant demands of the wife or children. Whew. Do we not see that today in our day and age? Men who feel like they want to give their spouse a good life and their kids a good life, that they'd be willing to work their tail off to let their wife or kids go out and spend all this money on stuff that they don't really need, on stuff that could be placing an, a, a, a burden on the family that's not necessary, okay, because of the extravagant demands to satisfy within oneself, Many a woman forced to prepare for herself or her children the stylish costumes demanded by fashion is doomed to ceaseless drudgery. Let me break that one down for you. How many moms out there during Halloween time, and this was me when your kid is really small, go out and and try to make the the best costume in time for Halloween? I've done this, okay, for my own kid. It took me hours to sew together a costume. Once I made a peanut M&M bag kind of costume for my child, 
And I was like mad about it the whole time because it would take my whole day and all my time making this costume for my child. So I don't know if you parents out there can remember doing things like this. My mother, there's pictures of our family, our, all the girls in matching dresses. Mom made those dresses for us. My mom sewed our clothes when I was a baby and a little girl. And I'm sure it took her a very long time. Okay. Let's keep going here. Where were we here? Okay. Many a mother with throbbing nerves and trembling fingers toils far into the night to add to her children's clothing ornamentation that contributes nothing to healthfulness, comfort, or real beauty. For the sake of fashion, she sacrifices health and that calmness of spirit so essential to the right guidance of her children. The culture of mind and heart is neglected. The soul is dwarfed. The mother has no time to study the principles of physical development that she may know how to care for the health of her children. She has no time for ministering to their mental or spiritual needs, no time to sympathize with them in their little disappointments and trials or to share in their interests and pursuits because she's so busy sewing or creating things. We can, we can say that we're so busy that we're not doing those things either for our children. We're busy with work and our other hobbies and maybe even things that don't matter, like scrolling social media, that we also aren't ministering to our children's mental and spiritual needs. Almost as soon as they come into the world, the children are sub subjected to fashion's influence. They hear more of dress than of their savior. Oh my gosh, is that not true? Our kids come into the world. We have these baby showers with all these adorable, cute clothes and and somehow we keep styling our kids and trying to get them to look the, their best and wear the cutest so that they are just cute, that we're more into our child being cute and looking a certain way and dressing a certain way than teaching them about the Savior. That is so interesting. We do this. We do this all the time in our culture. They see their mothers consulting the fashion plates more earnestly than the Bible. The display of dress is treated as of greater importance than the development of character. Parents and children are robbed of that which is best and sweetest and truest in life. For fashion's sake, they are cheated out of preparation for the life to come. And there's so many podcasts right now that are talking about fashion and how we need to buy you know, expensive clothes and we should, we should always look like we're dressed like super expensive and nice. Like that's how we take care of ourselves. Can I just speak on this for a second? I think it is important for us to get dressed and do our hair and put makeup on and just look nice when we're going out in public. I do. Does that clothing have to be costly? Absolutely not. Can you find a cute, nice outfit at Target or even the Goodwill that like looks really nice on you and makes you feel good in your body. You 100% can. You 100% can. And if you can afford it and you want to go to Saks Fifth Avenue and be in the Saks Club and, and buy that kind of clothing, and I just wouldn't make that more important than studying the scriptures and teaching your family about the Savior and the gospel. I wouldn't love the things of the world more than the things of God. That's all. You can dress like that if you want to. 
I will tell you in my personal experience in my life, I've done this before where I, and I do try to dress up nice, but sometimes I'm going places dressed up nice and I'm hanging out with my people who are very down to earth, simple folk, casual, and I'm too dressed up. And I kind of feel out of place when I'm the one there that's wearing all the jewelry, you know, wearing the nicest top. And because I do hold myself to a high standard, I want people to see me as a professional coach. But also, I'm also a people of the people. And if my people that are going to come work with me, can, can they not see me as a professional? And maybe I don't need to dress up too much either. I can just be a casual nice. You have to fill out each situation because sometimes I've been uncomfortable going to situations where I'm overdressed and everyone's underdressed. Do I wish that we could go to airports and and have everyone kind of look nice to get on the plane? Yeah. Why do you got to wear your pajamas to the airport? I know you want to be cozy when you travel, but can you find a, a comfortable, nice, casual outfit? Dress yourself up, do your hair, put some makeup on. Do we have to go to all of these places looking like like the grocery store, looking like we just rolled out of bed? No. And this is where we can step it up as individuals and humans too. Do we have to wear something expensive all the time? No, we do not. Okay. We dress nice because we do respect ourselves and we go out in public looking like we care enough to, to take care of ourselves. Not that we just always roll out of bed, putting on whatever. That's what I have to say about that. We do not have to have the most expensive fashion that it totally takes up all of our brain space of what's most important in life. Teaching and loving and becoming more like the Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's, con- let's continue our reading here. Physical effects of improper dress. Physical effects of improper dress. It was the adversary of all good who instigated the invention of the ever-changing fashions He desires nothing so much as to bring grief and dishonor to God by working the misery and ruin of human beings. One of the means by which he most effectually accomplishes this is the devices of fashion that weaken the body as well as enfeeble the mind and belittle the soul. Women are subject to serious maladies and their sufferings are greatly increased by their manner of dress. Instead of preserving their health for the trying emergencies that are sure to come, they, by their wrong habits, too often sacrifice not only health but life and leave to their children a legacy of woe in a ruined constitution, perverted habits, and false ideas of life. One of fashion's wasteful and mischievous devices is the skirt that sweeps the ground. Okay, we don't wear skirts that sweep the ground, but let's hear about this in 1904. Uncleanly, uncomfortable, inconvenient, unhealthful, all this and more is true of the trailing skirt. It is extravagant, both because of the superfluous material required and because of the needless wear on account of its length. On account of its length. And whoever has seen a woman in a trailing skirt with hands filled with parcels, attempt to go up or down stairs, to enter a streetcar, to walk through a crowd, to walk in the rain or on a muddy road, needs no other proof of its inconvenience and discomfort. Okay, 
So we can see back then <laughs> that this was a problem. Another serious evil is where is the wearing of skirts so that their weight must be sustained by the hips. Now women would wear, um, these things under their skirts and they were heavy, but they'd make the skirt kind of pop out and it would be heavy on their hips. This heavy weight pressing upon the internal organs drags them downward and causes weakness of the stomach and a feeling of lassitude, inclining the wearer to stoop, which further cramps the lungs, making correct breathing more difficult. Of late years, the dangers resulting from compression of the waist have been so fully discussed that few can be ignorant in regard to them. Yet so great is the power of fashion that the evil continues. By this practice, women and young girls are doing themselves untold harm. It is essential to health that the chest have room to expand to its fullest extent in order that the lungs may be enabled to take full inspiration. Full respiration, you know, deep breaths in and out. So we've seen also, if you have ever watched Pirates of the Caribbean, the dresses the women wore, so tight on the on the chest. We're going to get to the bodice in a second. But it just really trapped their lungs. You need to be able to wear clothes that allow your lungs to be able to take a nice, deep, full breath. Okay, so this was the problem back then is women were cutting that off. It was too tight. And how many of us wear too tight of clothing or very little clothing that it exposes our organs and exposes us to the elements. Even if you're in the heat and you're wearing short, short shorts, you're exposed to the sun, which can burn your skin, right? Not good. All right. Of late years, the dangers resulting from compression of the waist have been so fully discussed that few can be ignorant in regard to them. Yet so great is the power of fashion that the evil continues. Okay, we read that. Poor circulation, da-da-da. Tight lacing does not improve the form. One of the chief elements in physical beauty is symmetry, the harmonious proportion of parts. And the correct model for physical development is to be found not in the figures displayed by French modest, let's see, modesties? I think it's called French modesties. But in the human form as developed according to the laws of God in nature. God is the author of all beauty, and only as we conform to his ideal shall we approach the standard of true beauty. Another evil which custom fosters is the unequal distribution of the clothing, so that while some parts of the body have more than is required, others are insufficiently clad, meaning you're being shown other parts of your body. The feet and limbs, being remote from the vital organs, should be especially guarded from cold by abundant clothing. It is impossible to have health when the extremities are habitually cold. Perfect health requires perfect circulation, but this cannot be had while three or four times as much clothing is worn upon the body where the vital organs are situated as upon the feet and limbs. A multitude of women are nervous and careworn because they deprive themselves of the pure air that would make pure blood and of the freedom of motion that would send the blood bounding through the veins, giving life, health, and energy. Many women have become confirmed invalids when they might have enjoyed health, and many have died of consumption and other diseases when they might have lived their allotted term of life 
had they dressed in accordance with health principles and exercised freely in the open air. In order to secure the most healthful clothing, the needs of every part of the body must be carefully studied. The character of the climate, the surroundings, the conditions of health, the age, and the occupation must all be considered. Every article of dress should fit easily, obstructing neither the circulation of the blood nor a free, full, natural respiration. Everything worn should be so loose that when the arms are raised, the clothing will be correspondingly lifted. Women who are in failing health can do much for themselves by sensible dressing and exercise. When suitably dressed for outdoor enjoyment, let them exercise in the open air, carefully at first, but increasing the amount of exercise as they can endure it. By taking this course, many might regain health and live to take their share in the world's work. And let's finish off with independent fashion. Let women themselves, instead of struggling to meet the demands of fashion, have the courage to dress healthfully and simply. Instead of sinking into a mere household drudge, let the wife and mother take time to read, to keep herself well-informed, to be a companion to her husband, and to keep in touch with the developing minds of her children. Let her use wisely the opportunities now, hers, to influence her dear ones for the higher life. Let her take time to make the dear Savior a daily companion and a familiar friend. Let her take time for the study of His Word. Take time to go with the children into the fields and learn of God through the beauty of His works. Let her keep cheerful and buoyant. Instead of spending every moment in endless sewing, make the evening a pleasant social season a family reunion after the day's duties. Many a man would thus be led to choose the society of his home before that of the clubhouse or the saloon. Many a boy would be kept from the street or the corner grocery. (laughs) Many a girl would be saved from frivolous, misleading associations. The influence of the home would be to parents and children what God designed it should be. A lifelong blessing. I love that. I mean, there's so, there's so much in 1904 that we truly can apply to our day and age. And I think all God wants when we think about God and we think about fashion is for us to be in harmony with just clothing that, that fits us appropriately. It doesn't have to be expensive. Let it, let it radiate beauty though, in a way that brings out your inner beauty. And it's not just the clothing. It's actually you bringing out the beauty in the clothing. Let's say that again. It's you that brings out the beauty in the clothing, not the clothing itself. Now, because I'd learned this skill of muscle testing, I think I mentioned this. I may have. I actually did go through all my clothing in my closet just to see if I was wearing clothing that brought out my own beauty. And I had to get rid of Half of the things in my wardrobe, none, like half of them, weren't clothing that I could put on and just truly feel amazing in them. Some of them were too tight. Some of them were tight in armpit areas. You know, they weren't comfortable. The fabrics weren't comfortable. We need to be wearing comfortable, cute clothes that help us feel amazing 
but also not put us in a place where we're overspending in these areas of fashion. Unless that's what you want to do and you have the money to do it and it's not going to be a burden on you to do that and you're not putting your husband or anyone else in a bind so you can live this this luxurious lifestyle of having this fashion. It's not, in the end, it's not the most important thing is what I'm saying. And fashion is awesome. And I'm into fashion too and looking cute and having a cute house. Listen, I love that stuff. I really do. It cannot take the place of what's most important, which is the relationships you build in the home, your family, your life's mission to what you need to create in the world. Fashion should not take the place and become an obsession where you're no longer in tune with what you need to be teaching your children in a way that's going to help them become their best self. Yes, successfully. We do want our kids to be financial, financially successful and learn from our hard work. I get that. But what's more important for a child to learn than even becoming wealthy and successful is how to keep their body and mind healthy so that they don't have mental health, how to have spirituality to turn to God, because they're going to have trials. I promise you, your kids will have some major struggles in life. And if you don't have a practice that you're doing already to connect you, your kids are never going to, they'll learn it somewhere from somebody and that will be great. But how much better is it for them to have it in the home where you can feel a deeper depth of connection with your children, as you talk about God, as you talk about Jesus Christ, how he's our savior, and and you can just go out there and, and live the best life you can, and you're going to mess up, but thank goodness for repentance. It should never feel like that's a heavy burden, but that it's a gift that's given to us to change and continually become who we need to become on this earth, to serve who we need to serve. Some of this isn't going to be fun for you guys to hear, but this is the way. This is truly the way to a happy, fulfilled life. Luxuries and stuff will only get you so far. It's, it's relationships and connections with your children and with God that are truly going to make your life feel more meaningful than you ever dreamed possible. So let's not let fashion get in the way of that. And let's not nag our kids to death either, because when they turn teenagers, especially the girls, they're going to have their idea of what true fashion is. And you have to remember as the parent, like true fashion in as far as what the world's teaching. And it might not be your standard of fashion. As the parent, your job is simply to guide them and instruct them of a healthy way to dress. What's the healthiest way to dress and, and care for your body? What does that look like? Do you even know as a parent? I just read you a lot of great stuff. We got to cover up the vitals, the organs, right? We don't want those exposed to the elements, but we don't need to overdress either to where, you know, our, our vitals and our organs and our skin can't breathe at all. So we don't want too tight of clothing and we don't want too heavy of clothing and too much of clothing, but we don't want too little of clothing either to be exposed. We just need to dress in comfortable, cute clothes and anyone can find those fashions and do that. We're not meant to use fashion as a way to be promiscuous or to put our bodies out there. That's never been the way. And this is a hard one. I was this kind of teenager myself. My brain wasn't fully developed, of course, in middle school and high school. 
And I loved to flirt and I loved to get boys' attention. Like that was fun for me. So dressing in short mini skirts and being a little bit revealing, that was fun for me to excite the boys and, and get attention that way. I just liked that. I didn't know better. But I was always more comfortable when I could just be myself and not have to dress in a certain style to please other people or to get more attention for myself. If you can let all of that go, if you're a kid listening, a teenager, especially a girl, and you can just focus on clothing that makes you feel comfortable to do and go anywhere and be in any kind of movement and motion and not expose yourself, but you're just comfortable, you will be happier. Your life will be so much happier and you won't have to please anybody or, you know, anything. It won't feel, you'll just get to be yourself. And we can find you cute clothes within you being yourself. I promise, promise, promise. Okay. So that's my challenge for you as parents and as teenagers to really take a good hard look at your wardrobe. What's healthy dress to you? What does that mean? What does that look like? And let's, let's go out there and change the world just through fashion. Because remember, your true beauty isn't the clothes itself. It's you. you. You are the one that can actually make or break any outfit, really, just by who you are on the inside. You are truly going to shine as a beautiful person when you even combine that with clothing that really is suited for you in a, in a way that is healthful. Okay. I'm going to leave that with you today and wishing you the best of this next, this weekend and the week to come. Have a beautiful rest of your weekend and I will see you next week. Thanks for tuning in. Did you enjoy this podcast episode on fashion? If you did go on over and rate and review the show on iTunes, give us a five-star review I really want to help families and teens and kids as much as I can to understand what a healthy life looks like. And I love your five-star reviews. If you need help from me, come on over to healthcoachheather.com. Come see all the ways in which I can coach your children and help them to learn how to have a growth mindset, help them to be their healthiest and happiest in this world that we live in. And thanks for listening to this podcast episode.